Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, we are here. I'm Joe. I'm Sarah. And this is the Full of It Podcast. Welcome to episode three, where we talk about the three P's. Yes, and they are purpose, power, and process. Yes. All right. So the reason we're talking about the three P's this week is because we feel that this is something that we are universally as humans having to deal with mm-hmm. is how do we live a life that at the end of ours, we'll look back and be proud of how we spent it. And every person goes through this at some point. You go from having your decisions made for you, whether that be by parents or legal guardians or you know school teachers, whoever it may be, mm-hmm. to at some point needing to make your own choices. Yeah. And so whether that first big decision that changes your life is what college you go to or your first job or whether or not you take a gap year, Mm -hmm. those decisions determine kind of the course of our lives. And it's finding our purpose and our power and our process within those decisions that give us the life, one, that we have, and two, that we want to have. Mm -hmm. So we today want to break that down a little bit more and talk about how to do that as, you know, the meanders and explorers that we are <laughs> of this process ourselves. So let's talk about purpose first. How do you find it? Well, I would say everyone has things that they're interested in mm-hmm. and things that they like naturally gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. And so I would start there of the things that naturally captivate you, whether it's movies or watching stocks or sports or <laughs> anything that on your free time you want to spend your time researching or enjoying. And in that list, you should also include things that you're great at or characteristics about you. Yeah. For Go ahead. example, <laughs> if you're very social, let's say you get along with everyone, you're usually the glue in your friendships... Maybe you led group projects in school or you just found yourself always being the person to talk and fill the gap. You might be a leader. You Mm -hmm. might end up in a managerial position or a position of power in whatever else, you know, you have interests in. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if you are someone who tends to be more imaginary, tends to be more of an idea person, you Mm -hmm. might possibly be a product designer or an inventor or a strategist. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, finding your purpose reminds me a lot of Ikigai. Ikigai. The Japanese concept. The Japanese concept. Would you go ahead and explain for our ever-so-interested viewers who know nothing about this? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Ikigai can be most closely translated to a reason to get up in the morning or waking up to joy. And really, it's the intersection of what you love, what you're great at, what the world needs, and what you can get paid for. If you make a list and you spend some time reflecting on all of these things, I promise you there is a job for that somewhere. Yeah, and a lot of the jobs that exist nowadays, Mm -hmm. you probably haven't even heard of and probably won't hear about them until you actually either start looking or your career, the first job shows you that job. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or your school shows you that job. And there's more jobs that exist now, today, mm-hmm. than have ever existed, ever. And you could probably invent the job that you want to have. That reminds me of um, Walt Disney. Yeah. And 
No, but something that was really innovative about Disneyland and Walt Disney is that they responded to what was needed or what people requested. So, for example, if they had a certain layout Mm -hmm. and they found that people were walking through the bushes and they started to create this path, they put a path there. Oh, yeah. Oh, have you heard about the Japanese fungus experiment? No, tell me! <laughs> no one's ever been so excited about fungus, especially in after the Last of Us premiere. I'm passionate about shrooms. Mushrooms. <laughs> of course you are. Well, either way, this experiment. Basically, a Japanese group of scientists decided that they were going to basically set up like a quasi-Tokyo. Mm. And with all of like the, the road systems that Tokyo has, uh, and then they put strategic pieces of food Oh, into... I actually did hear about this! Yeah. And oh! <laughs> and so basically, by placing the food strategically, the fungus grew mm-hmm. in the most efficient route to get to that food. Mm. And so because they, des- they modeled it after Tokyo, it showed them the most efficient way to place their subway lines. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. I heard about the experiment, but not about... It being applied to their subway system. Yes. That's really cool. But that's all responding to a need and having more efficiency. But what you were saying earlier about Ikigai Mm -hmm. and finding the intersection of what you love to do, what the world needs, and what will make you money, that is amazing when you know what it is. (laughs) Right. And it's very hard. It can be very difficult to find those things. But we do know that from a neuroscientific perspective, people are more effective at doing the things that they love to do. Yes. In recent months, I have heard it be called your unique ability. Yeah. So people are happier when they're in jobs that they love to do. Employers are happier when people are in jobs that they love to do. And are more efficient. And are more efficient. Because they're doing what they love to do. Exactly. But it's kind of a win-win scenario. And if we can get into a career or a path that we don't even notice hours go by in, it's a cliche for a reason, but it doesn't feel like work when you're doing what you love. Yeah. And some people would call that the flow state. Yes. When you don't notice that hours are going by and you are continually interested in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so how do you get there? How do you find that? I think we talked a little bit earlier about making a list of mm-hmm. all the things that you're good at, your attributes and characteristics, and that goes into finding your strengths, but it is something that, mentioning the three Ps, Mm -hmm. you find your power in, because it motivates you, as well as interests, and you find that you are good at it, as well as you see yourself going further within it and finding your process within it. Mm -hmm. I think also in making the list of things that you're great at, it can be very valuable to understand the things that you don't love or you're not as talented at. Sometimes that's also an easier thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's much easier to say no to things than it is to say yes. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I think when you realize that something is not for you, you tend to start having more visceral reactions to that thing. Yes. And so something that I've personally experienced is in college, I have a whole degree, an economics degree, that I don't use at all. And I'm sure I've said this many times already. Yeah. <laughs> um, but while I was getting that degree, I was ignoring all of these red flags that I genuinely did not like what I was doing, that one, I was 
pretty chronically depressed. Mm -hmm. And that actually, actually continued throughout my first job after that and actually worsened because suddenly I was facing the job that you get with an economics degree. (laughs) I should have known when I was already having thoughts about being in a different career. And when I actually did hit that first job, it was like my skin was crawling. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't want to be there. And my anxiety was at an all-time high. I was reacting out of survival mode more often than not, being crazy forgetful. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was dissociating in the moment yeah. most of the time. And I, I genuinely feel like those are pretty accurate signs of maybe I shouldn't have been there. But it's how we read those signs and how we react to those signs that then put you on the better path towards what you should be doing and what will interest you more and what you actually want to grow in. As much as it was a hard situation to be in, I also gained valuable knowledge and characteristics that helped me in my pursuit for the next career move. Well, you said something that I think is interesting, is you should have known. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that we're taught those things or taught how to listen to our body yeah, or how to know. Yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah. Generationally, if you look back at it, people really stuck to the career that they Mm -hmm. entered in as long as it had a good working situation. And they could stand it. And you can even take, you know, knowing if something is for you or not for you in a broader and less strict sense, I suppose. But, you know, in a relationship, Mm -hmm. right? If you're with the wrong person, your body is giving you signs. Yeah. It's maybe you develop UTIs or yeast infections. Oh, yeah. You can have a physical manifestation. Acne or, you know, you're getting sick all the time. You're always getting injured. But whatever it is, whether it's like a way that you're living, a person or a career or passion that you're following, you're going to be able to feel the resistance in it. And it's just becoming aware and getting in tune with yourself and finding how your body reacts in one situation versus another. Yeah. And it's also recognizing that you can make a different choice for Mm -hmm. yourself. I think many people get caught up, and I certainly got caught up, in being told that I had to stay, Mm -hmm. and that it was going to look bad on my resume, or that I was never going to get hired again, because Mm -hmm. I didn't stay for what my boss at the time thought was a respectable amount of time. Right. That was just simply not true, especially when you want to jump industries, it's very much not true. But... It's finding that empowerment that you can make action on those negative reactions and emotions Mm -hmm. and that it's okay to do that. Even me last year, you know, in the first full year of my career in finance, I was in the office. I'm someone who really wants to do well at everything that I do. Yep. And when I don't naturally or right away, I am very determined and ambitious and I will do whatever it takes to be the best and my best. Not that I'm necessarily comparing myself to other people, but that resulted in me being in the office 60 to 80 hours a week, yeah, running myself dry, I wasn't prepared, you know, I wasn't meal prepping, I wasn't eating well, I wasn't sleeping well, I wasn't taking care of myself, you know, at some point I realized that I was also attaching the old patterns within myself mm-hmm. to people at my firm, so... Okay. For me, that looked like placing all of my self-worth with people that I had assigned authority to. Yeah. At some point, I realized that, and that was when I knew I needed to make a different decision. hmm Because I was suddenly placing the value of myself in other people's hands. Yeah. So I took a step back. Now I primarily work from home. You know, I have a slow morning. I do the things that I love. 
I also thought that I needed to project one singular image to the public. Mm-hmm. I thought that I always needed to be this financial professional talking about finance, doing all these things, but I'm a person who has a variety of interests. I spend my time <laughs> doing a lot of different things. I am a little hippie at heart. And once I took that step back, I started living a slow life and I started actually putting the things that I love and am passionate about as a priority in my life, I saw a massive difference. Mm -hmm. And I am significantly happier than I was one year ago, than I was two years ago, than two years ago, two years ago, than I was five years ago. Yeah, which kind of reminds that like you don't always have to make the biggest change. Mm -hmm. You can also just make changes, attainable changes within what you're currently doing. Are you talking about 1% better? Yes. I, <laughs> I might, might just be talking about 1% better. <laughs> I think it's also letting go of kind of the societal constructs of what a productive life should be. Expectations. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I know in college, grinding was really romanticized. Mm-hmm. Grinding really only ben- benefits capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> Not really your soul or your body. Also, you take into consideration the importance of work and career in the U.S. versus other countries. Yeah. We already know that it's already been a conversation in other countries. To have a shorter work week. Yes. Yes. I know that there are experiments that have been done Mm -hmm. in other countries. And I think there are actually companies here that are experimenting. I know Amazon... Oh, yeah. Um, They actually... I have a friend, actually, who works at Amazon, who has a four-day work week, but works slightly longer hours on those four days, but she has three Mm -hmm. days off, and that has made it a little bit easier for her, for sure. I think it's actually tech companies in general, because I have another friend who works for a tech company with a four-day work week, and people are much more productive in shorter amounts of time. Absolutely, especially now that we're departing from the Mm -hmm. traditional roles of having someone who manages the household full-time and someone who goes to work Mm full-time, it doesn't really make sense to have that much manpower in for five days a week and then you're not able to handle household tasks and then people really can do work in shorter periods of time exactly it's the gift of constraints Mm -hmm. in my field actually (laughs) uh, there's been a lot of research with my company my company is very old but they have found that pregnant mothers or new moms actually are more productive I was going to give a, try to give a percentage, but I don't know. I don't have that number off the top of my it's head. It's okay. We're not, um, we don't have to be accurate. <laughs> but they you just call it a comedy self-care <laughs> podcast and you don't have to be accurate about anything. They are substantially more productive in less time mm-hmm. than people who put in 40 hours, 60 hours, 80 hours a week because they know that the time that they're on, they need to be on. And the time they're acting in a mother role right? All of their attention is going to be on their family or whatever. They're not going to be checking their phone Mm -hmm. or doing whatever they need to be doing for that particular job. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, sometimes having an allotted amount of time that you do a task doesn't necessarily make it more efficient Mm -hmm. for that task. Exactly. But if you can't find your own purpose, then look at the people who you admire. Who do you follow on Instagram? Who do you look up to? What authors do you look up to? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you follow chefs or do you yeah. look at travelers? Are, Are there a- people in your own life that you want to, you admire and you want to emulate? Yeah, absolutely. Make a list of the qualities of those people mm-hmm. and embody that. Yeah, and see how they spend their day and if you like how that day spent. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's a good, you know, measurement for people. Do you enjoy your life right now? It doesn't mean always that you need to, like you said, scrap things entirely. Mm -hmm. But what do you like and what don't you like? And have you even thought about that before? Yeah. It could be that you love your career, but you don't like how how your time is spent. Mm -hmm. You might have more wiggle room than you think with how your time is spent. I think at the end of the day, you have to realize that you don't know it all. You don't see the whole picture. Right now, that's not possible because there's still a lot of future for you. That's okay. But back to the 1%, what is that next best step for you right now in this moment? Mm -hmm. If someone's giving you advice, right? Think about that person. Yeah. Also, who do you want to listen to? Because Mm -hmm. it's also... Something that I think that we do is we take people who are in authoritarian positions, whether it's a boss or it's an older sibling or relative. Friend um, or cousin or... Yeah, and they many people are very willing to give advice, mm-hmm. but you kind of have to decide where that advice is coming from and if it's someone you want to listen to. Do you like where that person's at? Yeah. Would you respect being in their shoes? Yes. Do you want to live like them? Yes. Because I feel like when you are in those... Early decision making mm-hmm. spaces in years, you get a lot of input, and there's a lot of people kind of thinking about where you're at in your life at that point. Think they know tell- better, yeah. Think they know better, and telling you what they would have done if they're in your shoes currently. And absolutely, sometimes it's valid. Absolutely, sometimes it's just the wrong advice for you. Yeah, and that's okay. Like mm-hmm. they live during a different time. You live during a different time. You're faced with different choices in a different world. Mm-hmm. And that's not what everyone realizes. Mm-hmm. But it's up to you to decipher what is for you and what is not for you. Yes. You can listen to your body. You can listen to your interests. You can mm-hmm. listen to people who you love, who you respect. Once you get all of that information from all, all of those sources, mm-hmm. you can make every decision that you need to make along that path. And you're going to make... You're still going to make a lot of wrong decisions. Yeah. <laughs> but they're going to be better decisions than the ones that you hate making. Once you have your purpose, it's time to find your power. But what do we mean? Well, we mean being strong enough in your conviction for that thing that no matter what anybody else tells you, you know what's for you and you know what's not for you. You know what's true and you know what's not true. For example, I saw this TikTok the other day. that said if someone came up to you and for reference joe is blonde and i am brunette if someone came up to us and said your hair is so ugly your blue hair sucks you wow look at that awful blue hair either of us would be like okay interesting we don't we don't have blue hair you're ridiculous get your vision checked loser yeah But if someone came up to us and said, you have a terrible work ethic, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that, how firm would you be in your self-belief that you said, you know what, F you loser, I don't have blue hair, I don't have a bad work ethic. Yeah. And that's hard to do, like, especially when, in the first example, Mm -hmm. you were talking about something that is objective. Mm -hmm. Blue or blonde or brown are very different colors. Mm -hmm. But work ethic is... More subjective. Is more subjective and compared to a standard of one person to another. Exactly. And so it is allowing yourself to have that conviction Mm -hmm. in that, yeah, maybe that person's work ethic, or so they would call it, is sleeping four hours a night and working every other hour. But is that taking care of their body, their spirit, and their Their mind. family, their yeah. relationships. What life do they live, and do you respect that? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. And if not, go tell them to get their eyes checked, because you <laughs> don't have blue hair, dude. 
I think also comparison in general is usually the cause of unhappiness. We find ourselves comparing our beginner capacities to expert capacities. Yeah, who have been in it for decades and have luck along the way. Mm -hmm. We compare our physical bodies to those with different genetics. We compare our minds with those, you know, who have different upbringings and different access to sources. Mm Mm-hmm. Whether it's network or education. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, especially with social media nowadays, you don't, uh, you don't see the learning phase of most people. Social most media people aren't willing to share it. is just the highlight of everything that they have experienced. Even when people are posting the process, mm-hmm. you might be missing 10 or 20 years of developing that process where it wasn't... I don't know, profitable or trendy to film that process. Or, you know, you're missing them crying every single night because what they're doing is tough. And it takes a lot of action and gut and tenacity to go and achieve that. Yeah. And even in the field I'm in, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've cried at my computer Mm -hmm. because it's tough and I have had to collect myself and tell myself that it's not going to help myself in that situation to cry. I mean, even me now, I am so willing to share about things that have already happened and I've already processed. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going through it in the moment, I have a lot of trouble sharing it now. Yeah, absolutely. It is hard to do. Mm -hmm. And it is the human condition. You want to share your highlights. You want people to know that you're okay, that you're doing well. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the process of finding your power in the thing that you want to do is hard one. It is. It's gonna, it might feel terrible at first. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly where you're supposed to be in that moment. Exactly. You're not gonna feel powerful all the time. I think also you and I are both people pleasers. We want to do things really well right off the bat. And we are not the best innately at giving ourselves credit Mm -hmm. where credit is due. I think one of the first steps to finding your power is to acknowledge your power for yourself, by yourself, for yourself. It can be really tough to give yourself credit. Something that contributes to that are our limiting beliefs or existing biases that we have. Mm -hmm. Limiting beliefs are thoughts, subconscious biases that you think is the truth, but really keeps you, prevents you from doing certain things. Which... On one hand is your brain's way of protecting you, which was valuable at a time when we existed in a more survival-based way and we needed to worry about the lion coming and attacking us. Sure. But now that our society has developed so far, you're not really in danger most of the time. Mm -hmm. Like, the the things that you're keeping yourself from are probably just... Change. Change and maybe, like, some childhood aversions that just grew. Speaking from my own experience, I I was not a computer person throughout high school and mostly college, actually. I had no idea really how to work Spotify, actually, through college. <laughs> yeah, we have a friend who did a whole study on Spotify, and she was amazed oh, yeah. <laughs> at how much I didn't know about the app. I have asked really dumb questions about computers before, and now my entire job is working with animation programs. That was something that I was absolutely terrified of. I did not want to edit my first project in high school, and now that's a project that I would probably have no problem with today. Mm -hmm. I had to get over a very strong belief that I was not a computer person. Right. Or not a technology person. It was more of a fear about learning and about not doing things well than it was a fear of the actual technology. Mm -hmm. Once I was able to overcome that belief that I was not that, 
and realized that my fear was more rooted in not being good at something or not right. being perfect at something, that was when I could actually accept that that was not a belief that held up. Right. And I'm very similar. It's not the first time that I've been in charge of people who have a 20 plus age gap on me. Mm-hmm. And it could have been very easy for me to sink back into the, oh, I don't deserve this. Oh, I don't know as much. Oh, I don't do this. I don't do that. But standing in my power and knowing that, hey, you know, I have done these things. I have done X, Y, and Z. I do have these qualities. Being able to affirm those to myself, for myself, has really helped me step up as a leader Mm -hmm. and just have conviction in what I do. Absolutely. And I think... What's also sometimes hard, especially for women, is that Mm -hmm. coming into workspaces, I always want to know that whatever I'm saying is correct. Right. And I want to be knowledgeable about what I'm talking about before I say anything. Mm -hmm. And I feel most of the time terrible asking questions that I might think are stupid, even though someone might not judge me at all for asking those questions. Mm -hmm. And that's not really how men or other people interact in the workplace. And so part of it is acknowledging that you might be treating yourself more harshly than anyone else in that room. We often are our biggest critics. Because of that, you might be holding yourself back from believing in yourself and standing in knowing that you do your job well. Mm-hmm. Some people might actually be telling you that you're doing your job well and you still might not believe them. Agree. Especially in male-dominated professions, I think owning and find, finding and owning your power it can be tougher than a more evenly gender-distributed profession. Mm-hmm. And those are going to be the things that you need to know going into them and you need to stay strong in. For example, a co-worker of mine who is a woman, she's the nicest person I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. She, the way she phrases things that she wants to discuss is so much more empathetic and kinder than I could ever dream of putting into words. Mm -hmm. And yet, I still found that when she sent an email off to a colleague of ours where she needed to ask for something, this colleague came back and acted as if she was being standoffish, as if she was being, you know, operating out of self-preservation. But if you know, a man had drafted that same email, he would have been seen as decisive, as kind. But it's so easy for us to say things are certain, you know, certain things are acceptable when men do them and have criticism of them as soon as a, a dominant or, you know, just assertive mildly. or mildly, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Not putting a smiling face at the end of every sentence. Exactly, or apologizing. I just wanted to ask for yeah, this. I wanted to ask for this, mm-hmm. right? You can eliminate unnecessary words from your vocabulary. Yes, but sometimes people aren't used to that, mm-hmm. and that's where we get the whole language switch, and that can cause a lot of anxiety for women is yeah. not only are you in a space where it might not have been the most welcoming to women in the first place, Mm -hmm. but now you're getting judged based on your language. Mm -hmm. When you're not acting from a place of people expect you to be there, you're acting from a place of, I'm trying to prove myself, and I'm trying to prove that I'm not just a woman here. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to prove that I am of value and that I can contribute. Mm -hmm. And that means trying to make your language a little bit more respectable and not saying... Yeah. Yeah. And you get faced with all of these expectations of what a woman in that field should do or look like or act like. Mm -hmm. And it can be very hard to say, 
Uh, no, I'm strong in this. I yeah. believe in this. I know my that I'm. Fuck your expectations. Yeah, <laughs> I belong here. Yeah, that is one of the harder parts of not of owning your purpose. Mm-hmm. Is not everyone expects you to find your purpose there and show up and do the job well. Yeah, and you will be faced with adversity, mm-hmm. probably a lot everywhere. What that should tell you is not that you don't belong there. It should show you in your body where your fight is mm-hmm. and show you that if your fight is in that purpose, you're going to know. You're going to know. And on the other hand, sometimes when you face that adversity, sometimes you're just in the wrong place doing mm-hmm. the right thing. And you need to know when the people are your people versus when the people are not your people. And that comes down to, you know, a morality comparison. Do you believe in what they do? Do you like who they're doing it with? If your answer to those questions are yes, then maybe there's just a little bit of challenge. And maybe it's just one person. Yeah. Maybe you're just, you're the example for everyone that comes after you. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the same intrinsic beliefs, if you don't value the things they do, you don't want to be in the place they're at, you might not be doing the right thing in the right location. Absolutely. And there's something to be said about finding your power in a place where people doubt you. Yeah. It's also some, or there's also something to be said about acknowledging that you could think that something is your purpose, experience it, Mm -hmm. and decide that it's not for you. Mm -hmm. And that is more of a power to you. To decide to move on. To decide to move on. Yeah. Absolutely. Than to ever consider it as giving up because Mm -hmm. you have gone and you've gotten experience and you've experienced the truth of that yeah. lifestyle or purpose. And now you're coming away with new information. And exactly. So that's kind of to say is as much as people want to find their one purpose, mm-hmm. it might not be the one purpose. It, it might, might be, be finding something mm-hmm. that you gravitate towards. Experiencing <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. Maybe deciding that that's not quite for you. But it introduces you to something that maybe is a little bit closer to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And that is more valuable than the first purpose was at all. I mean, there was a lawyer who graduated from law school. She joined a law firm and she wore like pink suits to every, I don't know what they call them, court case that she had. Mm-hmm. And the firm that she was with. Just, they consider her, like, not serious? Yeah, ridiculed her for it. She thought They thought that, that she wasn't serious about the job. They thought that it, like, impeded upon her intelligence. And at some point she said, you know what? Pardon my French. F you. I'm going to go start my own law firm where femininity in the legal space is celebrated. And everyone wants to wear pink. And, and you uh, can wear color. Yeah, some things apparently are, lawyers have decided that gray and brown and black are the only colors that are respectable. Right? And we see her now, and it's been a few years since she, since she first started that law firm, and she has an incredible amount of attorneys underneath her. She is, you know, married to someone who believes in her and supports her and all of these things, and it's all going back to the fact that sometimes you get rejected, but you get to choose that as redirection. Yeah, and sometimes that adversity mm-hmm. invites you to stand in your power. Mm-hmm. That invitation might be the greatest ride of your life. I'll tell you, nothing fuels me more than someone not believing in me. Mm-hmm. If someone is to, nowadays, I mean, you know, this was different in my teenage years, but if someone, were standing, if someone was to stand in front of me and say, you can't do this thing, 
I'm going to work 10 times harder to prove mm-hmm. that I can do that thing, that I do belong there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely thought that, and especially as a beginner in production with no experience, I knew that the one thing I had was tenacity. Mm-hmm. Man, tenacity will get you farther than any college degree will get you. I'll tell that to the, the hilltops of the world. But if someone doesn't believe in you and you come back and you are good at the thing mm-hmm. that they said that you couldn't do, that's some chutzpah right there. And it shows you how much you care about it. Because if you really, if it wasn't for you, it wouldn't motivate you. And I think that leads us to the third P. The process. The process. Once you find your purpose, you know your power, you have to identify a process. Absolutely. If you don't have a process, you have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't matter what life you're living, you have some kind of process. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking a lot about career. Yeah. But with purpose... It doesn't just have to be career. It could be that you find a job that pays well enough that you... you get by, you do the things you want to. You tolerate it, it interests you enough. Mm-hmm. But maybe you find your purpose outside of that, whether it is working for different organizations with... Volunteering or do art on the side. And sure. Having a family. Your purpose a is having a family, yeah. Yeah. You can have different purposes and none of it is shameful and all no. of it is okay. Everything is correct. Yeah. Not everything's correct. Well, (laughs) most things are correct. If the thing that you want to do is something that doesn't hurt anyone else, Mm -hmm. it's worth pursuing. Yes. But I found that I've been told to fall in love with the process. And I thought that meant falling in love with the outcome. One example I have with that is working out. Mm -hmm. For many years, you know, there was one point in college where I was working two jobs I was going to school full-time, I was going to hot yoga and Pilates and cycling in the morning, and technically I had the most muscle that, you know, maybe I've ever had, but my body was operating at a deficit. I look back at pictures of me then, and now I see that I was skin and bones. Yeah, it was a little bit... And that's because I was prioritizing my body for a certain look, but I didn't care about my mind, I didn't care about my emotion, I didn't care about my spirit. And that is equally, if not more, important, right? But now, when I work out, when I move my body, I don't do it for a specific look. I do it because my spine feels stiff, and I know my body deserves some TLC. I do it because I just fractured my pelvis, and I know that my body needs to regain some strength, and it deserves some love, right? Mm -hmm. And people in my life, adults, friends, colleagues... I see them operating out of a place of, I need to look a certain way, and it's ten times harder to lose the weight. It's ten times harder to achieve the result. Because it's not coming out of a place of love, it's coming out of a place of shame. Yeah, and our bodies... Can tell the difference! Yes, and they don't like shame. Mm -mm. Something that I have experienced, especially with bodies, is... Trigger warning. If anyone has issues with... Eating disorders disorders or weight loss, I would skip the next minute or two. And we know that this can be a sensitive topic and... We're talking about it just because it is an experience that a lot of people Mm -hmm. and women go through. Mm -hmm. And And there's not much education on coming out of it or the after effects of it. Yeah. And just to normalize that those stories exist and Mm -hmm. also there's a future after that. Mm -hmm. So, go ahead. There's a time in high school where 
I stopped working out and I didn't know at that point that working out gave me a lot of dopamine that I didn't know how to replace. Mm. So I started replacing my daily hike with calorie restricting. Oh. What I thought was going to be the replacement of my hike ended up bloating me and making me bigger than I was beforehand. Mm -hmm. I remember looking at my graduation photos, actually, and not recognizing myself because I was actually bigger. And I had... I was calorie restricting, but the thing with calorie restricting is that as much as you want to restrict, at some point your body gives in Mm -hmm. and you eat. I had the word, like I couldn't trust myself with food anymore. Right. It was when I, I went through a period of time where I was trying everything. I was vegan. I was paleo. I was whatever. Every diet that. Yeah. Because I, I didn't have any body trust. Yeah. What I decided was okay, I'm going to wait till I'm hungry. Yeah. Because I was doing everything that every article told me that I should do, but Mm -hmm. everything but listen. Once I started listening, that's when I started not feeling bloated and feeling okay Mm -hmm. and actually eating things that made me feel okay. Mm -hmm. And I dropped probably 25 pounds in the... My highest was 138. I'm now 114. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's 24 pounds. Yeah, 24 pounds in the process of just listening. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't telling my body what it should be. I was just listening to how it wanted to be. That, I think, is kind of the overarching theme. Yeah. Is listen to yourself and where you want to be and how you want to be. There are always going to be processes that are promoted in front of you. Absolutely. Every, I mean... Even, like, grind culture. Yeah, or growing up in LA, like, I think yo-yo dieting oh my was God. so prevalent in our lives. It was so prevalent in my life that I didn't even notice when things started to get dangerous for me. In high school, I was working at the Hollywood Bowl. I remember I was counting calories, and I specifically remember that at some point I discovered that 1,200 calories is the proper not the proper amount, but the if you want to lose least weight. amount if you want to lose weight as a woman to eat. And at some point, I started saying, okay, well, I don't feel hungry on 1,200 calories, so I can go down from there. Mm-hmm. And, like, at some point, I remember eating cabbage and bacon. <laughs> because bacon had flavor and cabbage didn't have any calories. And I was working at the Hollywood Bowl, which, if you have ever worked... At a concert venue, you know it takes a lot of physical exertion to walk up and down stairs to... Yeah, that's when you should be fueling your yeah. body with actual food. And there was one point where I fainted on the job, and my boyfriend at the time had to drive me home. Everyone was asking me, what happened? What's going on? What's, you know, what's happening? And I just had no desire to talk about it with anyone. But I did know that, like, something had to change. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing something right. I was hungry all the time. I was bloated all the time. I was holding on to, you know, the calories that I was feeding myself because my body didn't think that I was going to have calories again soon. Yeah. I, I don't know. Evolution is a funny thing. Like, when there's a yeah. famine, it hangs on yeah. to so it can protect you. <laughs> and that's when I first started getting into health and wellness. I started... I didn't have any professional help. I probably should have. But at that point, I did start finding ways that worked for me on my own to heal that specific 
illness within myself. Within a year, I dropped 20 pounds. Not intentionally at all. I was just trying to fix what was so clearly broken inside me was that, like, image-based self-respect. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, and that's what... Yeah. The body holds on to trauma. Mm-hmm. It's not really given a lot of respect. Mm-mm. That sometimes your body is, like, the manifestation of what your mind is doing to you. Mm-hmm. If you're holding on to things, your body will start holding on to things. Mm-hmm. I genuinely do feel that, of course, to an extent, but weight, especially, like, discomfort, more specifically discomfort weight, is a manifestation of beliefs that you are holding on to. Yeah. And can turn into disease. Mm-hmm. Very easily. Yes. But that is a little bit of a tangent. Talking about process. Talking about process... Everything has a process. If you're not thinking about your process, there is probably a subconscious process that you are living by. Then it becomes a matter of, do you want to be in the passenger seat or do you want to be in the driver's seat of your life? Yeah. Passenger seat, maybe you're waking up at whatever time, you're scrolling through social media, Mm -hmm. you're reactive to what happens in the day. A driver's mindset is more proactive. You're going to plan how you want your day to go. You're going to think about what kind of morning is a good morning to you. Does Mm -hmm. it include meditation? Does it include exercise? Does it include breath work? Does it include video games? I don't know. My coffee time is my sacred time. Right. And I have designated an hour that I have my coffee. Mm Mm-hmm. During that hour, sometimes I'm reading articles, sometimes I'm watching YouTube videos. It could be learning. It could just be mindlessly scrolling. It, It is whatever... My mind needs to relax before the day begins. Exactly. Everything is valid, but you know proactively that that's your time to exist with you and only you. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit more woo-woo than that. (laughs) My coming onto the mat for Mm -hmm. my yoga and Pilates workout is definitely a little bit more of a meditation. Yes. But my morning is just reclaiming my time. And I think however that feels good for you, is what will work for you and what you need at this specific moment. And that might change from today to one year from now to five years from now mm-hmm. to ten years from now. And that's also okay. And it could just be, like, my coffee time has for sure evolved over the several years that I've been doing it now. Mm-hmm. But it could be that maybe you start scrolling and maybe you decide yeah. that you want to spend your time differently. But carving out time for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know that's your time. Yeah. I feel like in any process... Yeah. Just having time for you, whether that is, like, your weekend. You could designate a whole day <laughs> for most people. But being able to spend your time intentionally, because we don't live in the highlights. Mm-mm. We live in the everyday. Mm-hmm. And being able to fall in love with and romanticize your everyday... The process. That's what a good life is. Yeah. Because... Our brains weigh out the whole life, not just the highlights. Mm -hmm. And the highlight will be there for the minute or the hour or the day that it was. And then you have to live your whole rest of your life. I mean, even think back to where you were today one year ago. Everyone. Everyone that's listening. How much have you progressed? How do you feel about that and why? If you could look back on it. Yeah. If you could look back on it, what would you have done... Differently. Differently. Mm-hmm. And what do you love mm-hmm. that you did? For sure, the last year, there's definitely things that I wish I could have done differently. And there's definitely things that I love that I did. 
But overall, I am so proud of who I've become and what I've done over this past year since choosing to live my life consciously. And that is not to say that I've done everything perfectly because I absolutely have not. And I will be the first to admit that. No, but even being open to the growth of you could choose another diff- mm-hmm. another different choice for the next year and you can't. You have the opportunity mm-hmm. every single day to choose different ways to spend mm-hmm. your time. But what did I do this year? I learned what I can do better next time. Absolutely. What did I do this year? I got more in touch with myself. I settled more into my body. I, whatever it is for you, mm-hmm. you know, what are the, what are the things that you can say that you are proud of to accomplish? Mm-hmm. I started moving towards the goals that I said I wanted two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, they're actually the life that I'm living now. And most of it is because I got a dog. well I think that's also important like how would last year you see this year you because I bet you it is probably better than how you see yourself now absolutely I think last year me would definitely say we've got a few things to work on but they're attainable (laughs) and at the same time we're doing things that we would rather be doing Mm -hmm. than last year that is what is worth working towards. Yeah. Because it is incremental growth. Mm-hmm. Incremental is attainable. And incremental leads to monumental. We leave you with that in today's podcast about the three Ps. So we've been through it all. We've talked about purpose, finding it, because with purpose is the life that you won't regret. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about power and owning that that is your purpose. Mm-hmm. And also knowing that you can change Change your purpose at any moment yeah and that it's okay and finding your process and finding your people with these three p's Mm -hmm. you find the life and the community that you want to live and that you're supposed to be in and that probably is going to change a million times between right now till the time you die but that's the beauty Mm -hmm. it's your life and you get to change it at any point that you want to and no matter how much you feel like it's impossible it's not no So thanks for tuning in. This is the full of it. We will check you next time. Yeah!